What is up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas on the Man Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire Cowboys offseason and the preseason, which is getting nearer and nearer. Check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Welcome into the show tonight. We will talk about Dak Prescott and what he had to say about his current health status, but more importantly, what changed during his offseason preparation. So we'll dive into his quote, his full quote, as I said at the pre-intro of the show. I am the first one to make fun of the best shape of my life comments every single offseason. Believe me, I am one of the first to do so uh, every single year, and I love doing it, actually. But, you know, that shouldn't take away from the second part of Dak Prescott's quote last weekend when he said, you know, he fell into the same old cliche of saying that he is in the best shape of his life. But the second part of the quote is to me what matters here, because this is via the Dallas Cowboys website, actually. And Dak Prescott said, one, just because of my movement. So this is Dak Prescott diving deeper into his statement of him being in the best shape of his life. He said, I got a physical trainer in the offseason, someone I worked with throughout the last year. I've paid him, made him full-time my guy. Whether it's vacation or not, he comes with me. We work on these movements and stretches. I feel like since the injury, and this is important, I would say, I have trained more functionally than I ever have. So I see it in my body. I see it in the way I move and how the ball is coming out. That is the full quote from Dak Prescott on this very topic. Now, I get it. I get it. This is best shape of, of life season. Says Bruce got these. But I would also point out that it is noteworthy wherever your quarterback talks about him changing his offseason preparation, especially with Dak Prescott and the way that we know he's such a hard worker, how the existence of what people in Cowboys Twitter call the Dak Yard, having a physical trainer, whether it's vacation or not, with him. And this is why... I believe it was Rachel Bonetta who over there on Good Morning Football said today they were discussing how the Cowboys could take the next step and be discussed as a tier one team in the NFC. And she said that someone said, I, I, I cannot remember who it was. I actually think it was Butler who said that it all would depend on Dak Prescott and him stepping up in the big moments. And they talked about this quote and Rachel Bonetta said that to her, Dak Prescott is giving off these Tom Brady vibes. And honestly, I don't think this is something that I disagree with. Of course, and you know, before some people overreact in the comments, I'm not saying that Dak Prescott is Tom Brady. I'm not saying that he will be Tom Brady or anything like that. But if there's one thing that people respect about Brady is this insane work ethic that he brings to the table Every single offseason, it seems like he is one of the quarterbacks that takes the least time off or that gets several of his teammates together as early as he can and as late as he can as well. And Dak Prescott, I would say that he's also giving off 
these vibes and has been doing so for a while now because he is a quarterback who's one of his biggest attributes is leadership. And even Dak Prescott haters don't really deny that, I would say, uh, because that is definitely one of his biggest strengths. And we're seeing it on, on this 2022 offseason. We've seen how he's gotten players together to train once more. We have talked about the Dak Yard. We have talked about Dak Prescott engaging in pre-draft conversations with Jalen Tolbert, as well as post-draft conversations, sending him the playbook. It's little things, and many people would say that they are irrelevant things, but, you know, they do add up. They do add up, I would say. I, I once read this essay, and I might go via a sidetrack here, called The Mundanity of Excellence, and it's one of the best essays that I've ever read, and the whole point of the article was that, you know, the word talent gets thrown around everywhere in sports and how it really just tries to hide what's hard work. And I've always loved that quote at the end of the essay, which says, and I might get a little bit deep here, but try to follow me here for a second. In the mystified notion of talent, we overlook or we try to say to explain the word talent just by overlooking how mundane, how common excellence is. I'm not quoting it word by word, but the point is these little things do add up in terms of hard work. And, you know, Toxic Tom says nothing close to Tom Brady vibes. And that might be because, you know, we're always focused on the championships on the rings and all of that and again that is not what I'm trying to say I'm just trying to point out how Dak Prescott's leadership is really one of the best in the NFL and I remember we actually had a show about this very topic about a year ago when Troy Eggman talked about this topic and he actually highlighted Dak Prescott's leadership and he also I believe compared it with Tom Brady's kind of leadership, and there were some other players in there. I cannot remember who it was, but yes, sir. Let's see. Uh, Michael says, Dak getting a full-time personal trainer. How can we kill him for that? That's we, that's we all want Luca to do, says Michael. There you go. Uh, what is up, Marcus Jones? Oh, happy birthday to Marcus Jones. It is her birthday. Uh, thank you for being here on your birthday. I really appreciate it. So everyone... Shout out to, you know, uh, our guy, Marcus Jones. Now, Marcus in Mexico, the, the happy birthday song is called Las Mañanitas. And, you know, I maybe cannot play this for very long because we are on YouTube after all. But let me give you at the very list, the opening three seconds, which is just great music. You know... That's what we use for happy birthday, Las Mañanitas. And it's always, you know, the best birthday music there is in the entire world. This is a fact. This is not an opinion, by the way. Uh, Professor O says, I'm going to get a little bit deep here, too. A Cowboys team with Rowdy is cursed. Rowdy must go. You know what? Someday, uh, someday we will talk, we will rank the worst mascots in the NFL, just like later tonight. We will rank the worst stadium names that there are out there. Bruce says the difference is, 
I'm not going to read that. <laughs> All right. Tom Brady is the scheme, says Toxic Tom. Never heard Brady praise fans for throwing trash at officials. Now, I will not defend Dak Prescott for that comment because it did suck back when it happened. Uh, that being said, however, I, I would disagree with, you know, Tom Brady being the scheme because he did play in a lot of schemes throughout what is now an over 20 years career in the NFL. Professor O says that music sounds like a romantic dinner date song. No, you know, rancheras are usually very romantic and it's, you know, pretty cool music. However, Las Mañanitas, not a romantic song. However, probably among birthday songs, I would say it's the most romantic that there is just based on the lyrics. And, you know, that version that I was playing is actually performed by one of our most important historic Mexican singers ever. So, so there you go. Uh, probably Professor O is onto something there. Professor O says, Brady has had sideline scuffles with coaches. Let's not act like he's always calm and collected either. And I, I also agree with that. But anyways, the point here is whether or not Dak Prescott gives off these Tom Brady vibes, the Cowboys definitely need him to have this season in which he performs close to Tom Brady. And I'm not talking about completion rate. I'm not talking about passing yards. I'm talking about elevating the offense around him because many of you would agree that this is not among the best supporting casts that Dak Prescott has had in his career. It's probably among the lesser supporting casts that he has had. Uh, if you would rank them, I would say that maybe this unit is closer to the 2018 unit, potentially. Now, to be fair, we talk a lot about Prescott having Gallup, Lamp, and Cooper together. The reality is they really didn't share the field at the same time that much in the first place. But anyways, this is not one of the most talented supporting casts that Prescott has played with. And we're talking receiving corps and offensive line in this case. So if there, has, if there has ever been a season in which the Cowboys need Prescott to elevate the roster a la Tom Brady, it seems to me that this is it right now. It's an important season for him, for sure. We have seen good moments. We have been seeing bad moments. He's expected to be fully healthy. So no doubt about it, big year for Dak Prescott ahead. Now, on a similar note, before we move on from this topic, my question for me to you guys would be, what's one area or the biggest area that you would like to see Dak Prescott improving on? Just one specific area that you want Dak to improve on. Let's see your comments on the Facebook page, on the YouTube channel. Looking forward to your answers on this one. What is up, Clayton? Thank you for joining the show and smashing the like button. Uh, let's see. Michael says, if Dak plays the way he did before he was hurt last year, he will be in the MVP conversation. Professor O says the Cowboys knew Dak was lacking something needed to win a Super Bowl, so they went out and added the missing piece. 
running back Ryan Nall. Hey, I don't see any lies there. Uh, let's see. Moving around in the pocket. This is Marcus Jones uh, making rowdy the deep ball threat. This is Bruce reading defensive units. Now, Michael, well, 50%, uh, 50%, uh, you know, nailed what I was going to say. Because I believe that if there is one thing that I want to see Dak Prescott improve on next season is him reading the post-snap picture of the defense. Because as some of you might know, there are two pictures that quarterbacks actually read during a play. And that's the pre-snap picture that you get when you walk up to the line of scrimmage. You're looking at the safeties. You're looking at the front. Maybe in some cases. In some cases, no. Uh you get that picture, you snap the football, and especially in the modern NFL, we're seeing a lot of rotation from the defenses. We're seeing a lot of simulated pressures and things like that. Uh, Prescott, one of the best pre-snap readers that there is in the NFL. Post-snap, not so much. So that's the one area that I would like to see him improve upon in 2022. Let's see, not being a company man and asking for a real offensive coordinator, says Toxic Tom. D-Block says throwing the deep ball. Uh, stop holding on to the ball, says Tommy. Mental toughness by Lumen. Uh, Gregory wants to see more audibles. I wouldn't mind that. Professor O says, honestly, it's trusting his wide receivers. Charlene Evans, hopefully he's hired a throwing coach to help him with his accuracy. He did talk about accuracy and how the ball is coming out improving so you know hopefully we see a little bit more of that but anyways moving on to the next topic I don't know if you guys saw this news today around the NFL but the Pittsburgh Steelers since 2001 when they opened the stadium that they're playing had called their home Heinz Field and of course the catch-up maker has deep roots in Pittsburgh so you know it is a company that not only sponsored the Steelers, but also meant a lot to the city. They will remain partners. I don't know exactly how, but they will no longer have the naming rights for what was formerly known as Heinz Field. Instead, it will now carry the name of <laughs> AccraSure Stadium. Man, that name sucks. Like, just being totally fair, the name sucks. It is a fintech company. It had about 500 followers by the time the announcement was made on Twitter. It is a fintech company. I don't know exactly what they do because uh, it's not like, from what I understand, it's not a crypto kind of uh, company. It's more of a personal finance uh, solution-based, uh, you know, <laughs> company. And it has grown exponentially over the last eight years. ESPN actually had the numbers on this whole thing. And it was just some insane growth. So it's a new junk company in the world of fintech. Now, AccraSure Stadium, the first thing that I thought of was this has got to be one of the worst names among NFL stadiums out there. And the question for you guys in the chat is, what is the worst stadium name 
in the NFL that you can think of. Because Acreshire Stadium, just without looking at the rest of the teams, was a instant candidate, in my opinion, to be number one. And since it's July, I mean, being fair, it's July 11th, I actually sat down and did the math. I put together my top four ranking for the worst names for stadiums around the NFL. Now, some of your comments so far. We've got Gregory saying Lucas Oil Stadium. Now, I will not lie. Someone replied this on my Twitter earlier today. And I will not lie. I actually low-key like Lucas Oil Stadium. I don't know why. I just like the way it sounds. I don't know if it's that or the fact that I actually kind of like the stadium, even if it's not among the, the best out there. D-Block says that BS name for Heinz Field. Now, I am positive that a lot of Steelers fans will still call it Heinz Field. I am positive about that. I mean, anything but Acreshire Stadium. Now, Acreshire Stadium, that's just, that's a bad name, man. Spoiler alert, it did get number one on my worst ranking, on my worst stadium names ranking that I will show you in a bit here. Uh, Acreshire, says Professor O, owned by one of the Steelers minority owners. And if I'm not mistaken, this was actually a relatively recent development because Acreshire did purchase a Pittsburgh-based company, something like that. I don't know all, the, all of the details. I don't remember them at least. Thomas says, FedEx Field, only because I hate everything in Washington. Bruce says, Lincoln Financial. Lincoln is good, says uh, Lumen. No, Bruce, I don't mind Lincoln Financial. Uh, let's see, Lumen Field sounds cool, says Lumen. Uh, what is up, Hector? Thank you for joining the show and your wishes all right, now, Professor O, all right, I'm ready to show you my rankings because Professor O says Arrowhead Stadium is hands down the best name. The thing, however, is that it's not really named Arrowhead Stadium anymore. So they actually make an appearance on my ranking. They're called Arrowhead Stadium, but let's get into the rankings. At number one, I do have Acreshire Stadium. It just, it sucks. Guys, it it sucks, Acreshire Stadium. Doesn't sound good. Uh, not easy to pronounce, maybe. No one knows the brand. So, you know, just a lot of stuff that adds up. Now, number two, Arrowhead Stadium, 10 out of 10. I agree with Professor O. That would make number one in any list. But I found out today when doing my research for this segment that it is actually called G-E-H-A field at Arrowhead Stadium. Now, be honest in the comments and tell me how many of you knew that. How many of you knew that it was called G-E-H-A field at Arrowhead Stadium? I mean, it's not really called that. Everyone knows it's Arrowhead. And I agree that's one of the best names in the NFL. But if you're talking about the full names, I'm sorry, but that one sucks. And G-E-H-A had to know that no one was going to call it that, right? I, I didn't know, to be honest, that it was called that. I found out today. I also found out that Empower Field for the Denver Broncos, it's also called uh, Empower Field at Mile High Stadium, something like that. So the fact that you're doing, you know, 
a name and then field and then adding at blah, 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 stadium, that sucks. At number three, and I just don't like initials for stadiums, I have TIIA Bankfield for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then at number four, I've got State Farm Stadium for the Arizona Cardinals. Because, you know, like, think about Heinz Field. It's a ketchup bottle, but Heinz Field, I don't mean to say that it sounds intimidating, but it doesn't sound like State Farm Stadium sounds, which is not intimidating at all. <laughs> Let's see some of your comments here. The dog pound, says Tommy. Now, I do know that's a, a nickname, but the dog pound, I agree, that's the best nickname that you could have. Let's see. Uh, now, I don't like initials. But at the very least, the Cowboys have the and between AT and T, right? If it was ATT, it would suck. And it would make my list for sure. Let's see. Empower Field. I still call it Tree River Stadium, says Lumen. Uh, Lambo is, is the coolest, says Toxic Tom. Yeah, I believe that the coolest comes down to Lambo Field and Soldier Field. Those are the best two. And as you guys are saying, you know, Call it the red trap. Uh, D-Block says that he didn't know that it was called G-E-H-A. <laughs> Professor O didn't know as well. I didn't know it either. And this has been going since last year, actually. So that's not that recent for us to not know. Superdome is the best, says Gregory. The best nickname could be now called Mercedes-Benz Stadium. U.S. Bank Stadium, says Charlene. There are a lot of bad names out there for stadiums. And someone raised the question, and this wasn't supposed to be a part of my segment, but if you had the right to name AT&T Stadium, to rename it, how would you name it? If, it? if you didn't have to choose like a sponsorship kind of name, if you could just go by coming up with the best historic name for formerly known as Cowboy Stadium, what would it be? Because I loved that someone suggested Landry Field on my Twitter on my Twitter account. I wouldn't mind that. I do feel like the Cowboys Stadium, the way it's built and everything, it does call for stadium instead of field at the end of it. Because... As you guys know, you need to go by field or stadium. Heinz Field, you know, it doesn't have a dome in it. It isn't closed. You need to go by field maybe. I, I, don't, I don't like calling a closed stadium a field. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'd name it Ryan Nall Field. <laughs> Star Field. The stars is toxic, Tom. Star wouldn't be, you know, bad. <laughs> D-Block would call it D-Block. And that actually does make a lot of sense. <laughs> Stardome. Michael call it Stardome. Stardome kind of sounds like Astrodome. <laughs> I'm just overthinking this whole thing. Landryfield doesn't sound bad to me. I think that Landryfield, Landry Stadium, any of that would actually work for me. Or, you know, 
screw it. Call it Yeri World like we all do. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> these random July segments is what make me love, uh, are what make me love this job. I'm just kidding. It's actually the regular season content. But, you know, I do have a lot of fun with these random segments like, you know, that time that we did the random boxing duos around the NFL, Jonesfield, getting dome at the stars, is John Hart. Let's do worst mascots next show. As <laughs> this professor, oh, all right, we'll see how we're doing content-wise. And, you know, the first day that we need an additional uh, segment, we will definitely do worst mascots. How about that? Anyways, thank you for tuning in to tonight's show. I appreciate you. Uh, do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about Primetime by sharing the show and hitting that like button. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy your Monday night. Feels like a Tuesday or a Wednesday to me, honestly. I don't even know why. But hope that you guys had a fantastic start to the week and continue doing so tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday. It's all about the Tuesdays, you know? It's all about the Tuesdays. <laughs> Cap Dome. All right. See you guys. See you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central, as always, here on Dallas On Man Sports Talk Network. Bye-bye. Cap Boy Sports Center. Mm-hmm. <laughs>